Good evening. This is Bear Duplessis alongside Cigar Coop, Mr. William Cooper, ES, and Luciano Mayrellis of Ace Prime sitting here at the Media Compound. We got a fantastic crowd here, and uh, we've got some excellent tobacco sitting in front of us. And uh, we've got Jay Davis, PCA board member, Blue Smoke of Dallas. Check it out. John McTavish, the cigar surgeon of Developing Palettes. Ben Lee behind the camera as always. Aaron Nielsen is on the red eye. Yes, he is. He's missing out on samples. Believe me, he would have been here uh, if he could have. <laughs> and we got Aaron Lewis here is in the house as well. So we've got some uh, fantastic tobacco in front of us here, Luciano. We're, um, you know, we're, this is kind of an organic movement that we've had tonight. Uh, so you, you had an experience uh, and uh, earlier that kind of uh, manifested the creation of what I've got in hand here. So why don't you talk to us about uh, what I'm smoking? Well, we're just kind of playing with tobaccos, uh, trying tobaccos from different regions of Dominica, Nicaragua. And then I was given this kind of very unique coffee and that kind of triggered some ideas. And then we just kind of uh, made this, this cigar. And just having fun here tonight, guys, right? So We certainly are. I mean, and uh, you know, it's it, it certainly, uh, I think, I think it's certainly a priority of all of us uh, sitting around tonight to uh, to educate. Um, I mean, not to be too melodramatic here, but educate the world on what what tobacco really is—the art of blending, the art of what these leaves, when they combine with different different other leaves, can create. Not just a cigar, but also an experience. The the coffee that uh, inspired this was was uh, handed to you by by John, and uh, and. Uh, you know, so, so John, tell us a little bit about this coffee, actually. Well, uh, of course, uh, coffee is a very serious consideration here at the Media Compound. We run very long days and very long nights. So, uh, you know, when we get started in the day, it's not about caffeine necessarily, although caffeine is important. It's about flavor delivery because everyone here sitting around here enjoys good flavors. Um, so we went with a, uh, from 49th Parallel out of British Columbia, Canada. Um, we went with an Ethiopian A. a. We went with an Ethiopian coffee. Um, it has a lot of brightness, a lot of uh, uh, stone fruit, uh, cherry fruit, um, and I think it's uh, you know it's a it's a really interesting flavor engagement for the palate, and obviously has led to what is uh, I I think I describe it as a flavor bomb. So and uh, of course Luciano whipped it up in about uh, two minutes flat because that's what he does. So uh, Bear, tell us your thoughts so far. So um, I'm getting a lot uh, going on the palate. There's some, there's, there's some real nice complexity here. Uh, there's some really interesting balance. The, uh, the aroma is the first thing that captures me a little bit. Um, you should call this the, the Cigar Coupe Cigar. The Coupe Cigar. The Coupe Cigar. The Coupe Cigar. Um, <laughs> what, what, how you guys call it? The uh, Allegiance? No. The Coalition. Coalition. The, the Coalition, Coalition cigar. cigar. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that my name might be taken, but we'll, we'll uh, maybe take a more and more one. Coalition, which is very similar. Look to Cigar Coop for all your uh, uh, name-checking needs. Yes, exactly. Or Google. Google helps. Google uh, works. Uh, Google um, works. But the Cigar Coop Coalition uh, cigar, because you know I love alliteration, so this works. <laughs> no, the uh, the the aroma is probably the first thing that captures me. The flavor is obviously, like I said, it's very balanced, very complex. Mm. Um, really interesting balance of flavors. It's doing a, a really 
interesting dance along my palate here as I wax poetic. Uh, but tell us about some of the, the tobaccos that are, or the, why the aroma of the, these particular tobaccos marrying together uh, gives off this, uh, this particular... Hey, hey, Bear, before we do that, right, I mm-hmm. just want to kind of set the stage. So Luciano came to the media compound today with a library of tobaccos. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a library of tobaccos that he... And he's rolled up some burritos for us, and uh, that's one of the ones we're smoking here. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I was... I've been playing a lot with... Come on, guys. Like, like two, I'm yeah. getting intimidated. Okay. <laughs> you will be the mic guy for Luciano. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been playing a lot with this this idea of using more kind of heavy binders and uh, using what we were discussing before, some floral tobaccos together with some what's considered very earthy and salty. Uh, and, you know, just the coffee sparked something interesting there. Is uh, I used the Peruvian tobacco that we tried before. I used that same uh, Dominican from La Canela, the the Corojo uh, 98 with cross with Piloto Cubano, and uh, just kind of a little base of of Jalapa. And the binder I use a very thick Sumatra. So. <laughs> um, I mean that's that's a, that's a lot going on in this blend uh, that uh, as John was saying that was whipped up in two minutes here. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I, I think the the one thing that I notice is not just um, you know as I think one of the most common you know one of the most common co- common flavor elements that a lot of people describe as earth or mm-hmm. spice. Uh, spice is one of those things that can be mixed with you know. John's one of the favorite flavor notes is baking spice or, you know, pepper or red pepper. You know, there's there's varying degrees of spiciness. And, um, you know, what I'm getting here is this, uh, this this kind of spicy sweetness that you would find like a mixture of baking spice and uh, not necessarily sharp black pepper, um, but more like some that that kind of uh, spiciness that hits you off almost like a cinnamon or a nutmeg uh, kind of thing. Hence the baking spices that... Uh, than everything. Uh, John, I mean, have you tried this yet? I have. Okay. So, uh, what, what were your impressions? I mean, it's interesting um, because, again, like, I haven't had a lot of time with, with, with that, that blend, five seconds. Um, but it's, it's what's really interesting, I think, is how you can blend something that's uh, full flavored and yet the, the strength is, you know, people talk about the, the sort of uh, strength of how the cigar hits you is uh, extremely approachable. So, you know, taking several puffs off it, retrohaling it, um, really what it what it said to me is I want to continue smoking this because the, the flavor delivery was very interesting, very engaging, uh, had uh, a number of different layers to it that I had to sort of think about and contemplate. Um, and I was able to do that off of several puffs without the, the strength of that particular combination overwhelming me. It, it didn't... Um, you know, didn't didn't make me feel uh, uncomfortable, um, and the finish on it is, you know, extremely clean and uh, and leaves my palate ready for more more puffs. One of the uh, one of the main goals for I believe any blender is to make sure that you use an expression now that's very important, which is how the flavors are delivered. If you notice in the cigar, you see the amount of swab that's in around the cigar means that he's salivating so if you can salivate with a cigar it means that you'll be able to uh, understand and capture and perceive flavor in a completely different way that if the cigar dries our mouth so just one leaf of a metepi 
uh, in combination with all the other tobaccos that are in there cause that salivation. And also the way the construction happens, you know, I, and that's something that I, I'm always being very intrigued is construction. And I'll just show you guys something that for me is extremely important in any, any blend we make. Um, most of the times you see in, in many tobacco factories that, especially in Dominican, that usually people work what we call a base. And that base usually is a leaf of seco. In this case, I'm using a Peruvian leaf as a base here in my hand. And then the way you're gonna place the tobaccos using what they call the entubado method, they're gonna use these two fingers as a plier and you're gonna build tubes. If the, if the buncher is experienced, you fold here to make sure that this, the stem of the leaf stays in the center. And then he'll build tubes and you place right here at the base. There's no right and wrong, but the problem with this type of construction is that you can't feel much of the bunch in your hand because the base is basically impeding my hand to feel the quantity of tobacco that I have. And then the way it's done, you do the same thing. You use your fingers as plier and then build the tube and place the tube right here and try to always keep the, the, the thicker leaves, so the hair or the viso in the center, and then you do it with the second outside. When you put this in a liberma, or if you do tabacchiado by hand, you have to make sure that this bunch is perfectly closed, right? And when it's perfectly closed, you might have a very good combustion. But if you miss just for a little bit, that can create the cigar to canoe. And also you have sometimes problem with draw. And, and the way to explain this is the retraction movement or the expansion move, movement. When you have tubes, you have very little expansion. So there's more chances you're gonna have draw issues. I particularly like very much the method called estrujado, which people know as the accordion. And the reason being is for three reasons. The first one is because there's way more chances of a self-correction in a cigar when you use the estrujado. Because when you have this, this tubes inside the bunch, sometimes one leaf has a different texture than the other or a different humidity, and that leaf is gonna burn faster. That's when you see the tunneling happening in cigars. Now, when you do the estrujado, usually what we do, see if I have a binder here. And that will explain a little bit about how flavors are delivered as well. Like this is a Sumatra, Sumatra binder. And one thing to quickly comment on as he's uh, looking at the binder there is, of course, the reason you put the Seiko on the outside is to, uh, to uh, support combustion. combustion. Yeah, absolutely. But there's several ways. So you can do in your hand, but the way I like it a lot, it's when you actually use the Seiko now, at, at, the at the table or at the Lieberman together with the binder. What a mess, guys. Look at this. That's true. Only the highest quality rolling table here at the media compound, just saying. Truly an improvisation here. It's when, in this case, I'm using a Peruvian base. And so I'm putting this circle right here at the table together with the binder. The binder is in 45 degrees. 
and the the sick was right here at 90 degrees right in front of me why I like this because when you're doing a strujado your hands are free your left hand is free so you can use your fingers and build the accordion then you're gonna little turn and then you do another accordion what happened when you do the accordion you have more expansion the leaves they expand a little more so they feel the cylinder of of the cigar way better so you have less chance of the cigar getting plugged and you have less, less issue with combustion and also it's very good for the buncher once the buncher learns how to do a strujado most likely he'll never have issues with the draw master uh, the burning will be way more consistent and you have this kind of self-correction process that I explained to you guys. So, go ahead. So John, while well, he's uh, pulling out a couple more leaves here to create, complete this, uh, this blend using the accordion style, you, 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 you've smoked quite a bit of Habanos in your day, uh, which he was just previously explaining, where, that uses that intubato method. And uh, he explained the problem with that. Is, is, is that something that you see frequently in Habano cigars, or is that pretty consistent with your experiences? Well, I mean, one of the challenges with quality control, and quality control is always a struggle to, to balance between cigar production and the number of cigars you can put out. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a push and pull. Um, you know, and I think it's, uh, the, the draw master, I think is an important tool within a uh, cigar factory because it's, it's a quality check. It's a quality confirmation that the processes they're using are consistent. And as Luciano was talking about, um, you, you're reinforcing behaviors of proper, uh, bunching. And that just sort of confirms that the things that you've taught them in technique are being consistently applied. And so the end product, you're not getting uh, a high quantity of, of failed quality control cigars, which, I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about money and you're obviously talking about the number of cigars that a, the factory can produce. And the lower you can uh, reduce the error rate, the more consistent, more quality cigars you can put out. So that's why I, I think this is, there's always this myth, what's the best method of construction? I think. Uh, estrujado, conjugado, are the, are the ways that, uh, again, it's proven to be more efficient in terms of draw, it's proven to be more efficient in terms of how they deliver flavors as well, how you can play with more thick tobaccos uh, in the fillers. And you, you can feel this uh, if you want, John, you can just feel it. When you do the, the intubado with the base in your hand, that's something that Ernesto Carrillo uh, always uh, taught me, is like the, the working with base it's easy in one hand, but it's definitely not the best, the best method of construction. If you can use the base at the table or not even use a base, which is how Ernie usually produces his cigar, uh, you get way more, uh, more of that flavor that we're talking about. And why? Because the binder, sometimes I like to work with double binders as well, and the, and, and the sick on the outside, not just resolve the issue of combustion, but actually deliver all the, the most of the acidic tobaccos, mo most, of, most of the floralness that knows you get out of that sick on the outside. If it's well placed, it's a, it's a win, you know? And you have more chances to have a good construction by using this method than any other method. This is not just a personal opinion. I think uh, I've, I've, I know most of the factories uh, in Nicaragua, I know a few in Dominican. And if you take time to teach the bunchers to educate and explain the why, and when once they learn, they are faster, they're more efficient. You have less rejection, and usually the drum master never take any cigar out. Uh, you know, 
So I believe this is definitely a, a very good way of bunching. As you can see, you want to feel the bunch in your hand. Does that make sense? You have, <clears throat> I mean, you have consistent, a consistent pressure and, and uh, feel throughout the entire length of the cigar. So like you were talking about earlier, there's no um, denser sections of the punch than another. So, you know, exactly. you're not going to have a draw issue. You're not going to have a canoe or any of the things that, you know, uh, dirty, dirty cigar bloggers like myself like to talk about. If there is a construction issue, then we have to touch it up. So a cigar like this, um, you can focus on smoking the cigar and less about touching up the, the cigar with the lighter. Exactly. And, and the self-correction, too, is something important. When, when you do this trujado, the conjugado, you, you build almost like this flower, right? So one leaf will have the combustion of the other. Even if I have, a, which I have here, very thickly here, right here in the center, uh, the other leaves there around will support the combustion of, of, of the fillers as well. Sometimes people pay a lot of attention to the combustion of the binder, the combustion of the sequin outside of the base, but they forget that, you know, a cigar to burn well needs to have the ability of self-correction, which is something that we really, uh, we're really concerned when we, we build our cigars, you know, at our factory. It takes time uh, for people to learn, but once they do, they become way more efficient too. So like when you have the base at the table, like I'm, you know, we have here, it's really dry out here, so I don't even know how, how's the humidity. And you place the cigar for a bunch, you also have some sort of reinforcement outside, so when you roll it and you apply force, you have basically two leaves on the outside helping you with that consistency. Luciano, we were talking before we went on, and you mentioned how the binder is extremely important to you. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, it's more important than the wrapper. Absolutely. Can you explain a little bit of that? Yeah, I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, the binder is the least important part of the cigar. And I completely disagree. I think the binder is the type of leaf that requires a very specific type of fermentation. So the leaf is resistant enough to bind everything together. The binder leaves a lot of flavor and it's as important as the wrapper when it comes to the taste profile. Uh, that's why sometimes you see uh, companies that have been putting so many different blends in the market and they have so, so many tobacco variations that they can use. And you see a lot of, of those companies kind of flipping around, uh, just kind of changing what is, a, what is a wrapper becomes a binder, what is the binder becomes a wrapper, and then you have a new cigar. And you do have a new cigar. It changes the, it changes the taste profile. In fact, um, I found over the years that the wrapper has more like a muting uh, function than actually a, uh, the responsibility of adding a lot of flavor. And I know this goes against the current because people think that oh, the you know, wrapper gives everything because that's what they see. So when you look at a, a and that's what you see, especially in mass production, like you see, uh, for the American market, a lot of people making those uh, under-fermented cigars with a lot of under-fermented tobacco in the fillers, and you put a dark wrapper around, and people think that that's a very strong cigar, that it's a full-body cigar, when actually they're getting a lot of that raw tobacco, a lot of the ammonia that brings harshness, spiciness, but actually it's not delivering any nicotine whatsoever. The more 
That's, that's another thing that's very important. The more ammonia you have, the more only fermented the tobacco is, the less nicotine it delivers to your system. The less actually strength it has. Isn't that interesting? Like the more, uh, the more fermented the tobacco is, the less ammonia you have, more nicotine is delivered to your blood system. So that's why a, a bold and strong cigar, it's not necessarily you know, harsh and spicy. It can be buttery, it can be rounded, Usually it should be. A Maduro should be rounded, buttery, uh, and should deliver a lot of nicotine. That, that's the whole goal. So one of uh, one experiment that we had uh, that I got to take place in uh, this week was uh, uh, your rep for Texas, Brian McGee, uh, got one of your cigars, the Fiat Lux. Mm-hmm. and performed this very experiment with me where I smoked the cigar as it was intended, right? Wrapper, binder, fillers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I smoked it. And he says, okay, tell me about what your experience is after I was about an inch in. And I told him mild to medium, body, not too much strength. And, uh, but, you know, you know full, certainly fully flavored. He said, okay, mm-hmm. so let me have the cigar. And he took the wrapper leaf off, exposing uh, the foot. And so I was, uh, and he says, okay, now light this up. Meaning that I would only be smoking basically essentially what we've been smoking all night with some of these Fumas, which is binder and filler. And uh, I mean, the flavor was even more intense. And when I mean intense, it wasn't necessarily strong. It felt more, it felt more strength, it felt more, more brightness. And, and that's, that's a good example of how a rapper can mute uh, some things that we need, we need sometimes to, to mute. You know, sometimes the cigar is over acidic. So you're going to use uh, an alkaline wrapper that will kind of bring the city down and will mute everything. So the feel like a good example. So you have a very salty wrapper, it's a Sumatra, very high acidic. Technically, when you remove that wrapper, when you cut the piece of the wrapper and just smoke with the binder, technically would reduce the strength, right? But what was your experience? Oh, uh, I mean, it absolutely did not reduce the strength at all. So, yeah, I mean, that wrapper was obviously provided that balance that you're talking about uh, and that mutedness. And muted sounds like such a negative term, but in this case, it, it provided that, that, needed, that needed balance. Like, just for when people are at home, if they want to try this, this is quite interesting to do and very easy. So if you want to try a cigar without the wrapper, what you can do is just use a regular straight cutter Go around the cigar and gently apply a little bit of pressure and turn the cigar around like this. So now you're deconstructing flavors. Now you can try the cigar without the wrapper. So you remove the wrapper. That's why you see a lot of cigars coming out now with what they call the shaggy foot, right? Because mm-hmm. they, the, they want the customer to experience the cigar without the wrapper and then what the impact of the wrapper has to the taste profile. Look at what I did. So I just cut the wrapper out and left the binder. So now you can try this cigar without the wrapper, which I want you guys to experience this. Why don't we hand this over to John, who's actually been smoking this cigar with the wrapper on. He can tell us a little bit about his experience here. This is a good example, too, because um, we are using here a Condega binder it's a new blend that we've been working on and i have this very kind of thin low prime avano wrapper and he's been smoking this with the wrapper so try without the wrapper now 
tell me what, what your experience is. Yeah, so the, the, I mean, the balance of the cigar completely changes. I mean, the flavor delivery is completely changed. The, um, so where I would describe, and we've been talking all night about this, where I would describe the uh, previous, so this cigar with the wrapper on, the finish is extremely clean and balanced. And here, the finish is, is aggressive. There's, there's a lot more flavor that's carrying into the post draw. So my, my palate is a little bit dried. And I'm not I'm not ready to take another puff. My palate needs to get more saliva back, um, and needs to recover before I can before I can take another puff. So it's not that necessarily the flavor performance has changed. It's the way in which those flavors are being delivered to my palate have have radically changed from the very same exact thing that I've been smoking for for this evening. So yeah. So uh, the the point is, of course, there are several blends where uh, the wrapper. Uh, it's very important to deliver flavor or to add flavor. I dare to say that in the majority of the blends, the wrapper has two functions. To give beauty to the cigar, so you have a nice look, and to mute what needs to be muted. More than actually adding flavor, which is another misconception about smaller bitolas. They think that the small... As you guys can see, I'm drinking a glass of a very cold wine and we got our uh, small seminar interrupted just because it's fucking 110 degrees at 1 a.m. here in Las Vegas. I was about to, to go to the swimming pool, but then we had this idea, we put the camera inside the refrigerator. By the way, the camera got heated, heated up, so it was uh, it stopped working and that's why we are doing this again or continuing so I think we talk about the functions of the wrapper right the two um, how important the wrapper is and uh, I believe for many blenders the wrapper is very important to mute uh, flavors sometimes more than actually add flavors and going back to our discussion I think um, sometimes especially when you're using like lower primes in, into the the fillers, the wrapper plays a, you know, a, a bigger flavor. I was a, a bigger role. Uh, we were just talking, I think, when you guys came to our booth uh, yesterday, about um, the fact that we uh, we um, when we uh, when we blend cigars with uh, thicker primes. Uh, the, the wrapper is very important to uh, to mute the flavors and it is you know especially when you have too much acidity when you have too much strength and the good example I gave was about the broadleaf there's so many broadleaf cigars out there now everybody says that it's really hard to get broadleaf but people are uh, planting broadleaf in other regions of the world but talking about the the real Connecticut broadleaf from the, the, the River Valley. It looks like a camera when we're not again, no? Okay. So, talking about the broadleaf. I like to say that to make a broadleaf cigar, it's extremely easy. You just put any tobacco inside and you cover it with broadleaf and that would taste like broadleaf. 
broad leaf is very predominant. It's a tobacco that takes over almost everything. San Andreas as well, but broad leaf even more. So for us, like to make the Maria Lucia, for example, to make the Le Patissier, uh, was about trying to get something more than just the broad leaf. I think the broad leaf is a great muter. And um, if you remove the wrapper, you, you're gonna start tasting everything else. So when you have the broad leaf, the idea is always to bring a little more uh, brightness to the, to the blend. And that, that's why we use the Peruvian, we use the uh, Dominican from La Canela, uh, or sometimes you use a, a high prime Jalapa, like a, a, a Ligero Jalapa that has high acidity as well. Uh, otherwise, we'll just taste like any broad leaf. We'll taste just like the wrapper. So those are very good examples of how a wrapper can be extremely predominant in the brand or it can be a muter. Uh, in our case with Maria Lucia, Lucia is like that balance of being a muter and also adding flavor. So it mutes what needs to be muted, but adds a lot of flavor to the brand blend as well. Some really fantastic lessons, Luciana, tonight. Thank you yep. so much for uh, spending some time with us, uh, spending some, you know, spending some tobacco with us as well, <laughs> sharing your tobacco, right, right. Uh, your knowledge. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, uh, just an, a wonderful evening. I know a lot of us got a lot, you know, got so much out of it. And I know our audience will as well. And uh, as you, you know, we continue this quest for uh, you know educating the world. As I started when we started this evening with this uh, this exercise. So thank you so much for sharing your evening, your time, your knowledge, uh, just everything. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, Coop, did you have anything else? Yeah, no. I think Barry said it all, uh, Luciano. We really uh, appreciate the the time you have. Um, it's clear that this is showing in the products that you're uh, delivering to market. And uh, I just, I think, like I said, I think uh, when we presented you the award for Factory of the Year earlier on tonight, the sky's the limit. So uh, I think this is only the beginning we're going to see. So I hope you got something out. I know I learned something tonight for sure, a lot tonight for sure. Absolutely. So for everyone here at the Cigar, oh, I'm sorry, Luciana, go ahead. I just said thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Same so here. For everyone out here uh, at the Cigar Media Compound, uh, just for the record, we are not a club. We are not elitist. We are very welcoming, very opening, and uh, we love uh, everything and all things uh, tobacco here, and we thank you so much again for all of your time. For uh, the Cigar Coop Coalition, PCA Board of Directors represented Luciano Mayrellis of Ace Prime and the Developing Pallets crew as well. This is Barry DuPlessis. We'll see you soon.